BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey there, brain bogglers. It's your capital B, Brent here. Reporting in because your boy's done goofed. We done goofed again, so here's the situation. We had recorded a full episode for this week for all of y'all to listen to, but unfortunately, due to some technical mishaps on our part, we accidentally recorded the wrong microphone for Jack. Uh, we have these fancy condenser microphones that you're hearing my voice come through right now, but Somehow Jack's recording accidentally went through his headset, which is extremely choppy and unlistenable. And I wasn't going to do that to you guys and put that out because even I couldn't listen to it. And I was the one trying to edit it. So what we're doing this week instead is we're going to release a Patreon bonus episode uh, for you guys to listen to. This is an episode about the movie Inception and sort of like an extended episode of our Dreams episode. So if you haven't heard that one, maybe go give that one a listen first because this is sort of like piggybacks off of that conversation. And yeah, so also if you happen to like this episode, check out our Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com forward slash brain podcast to hear other episodes like this. Um, we have a new bonus episode coming out in the next day or two so um if you're interested in any of that go check that out but next week we'll be back to our regularly scheduled normal brain boggled episode hopefully we'll have all the technical shit worked out so you get a regular episode and we don't have to come hat in hand again you know begging for your forgiveness so thanks for understanding guys and uh hopefully you enjoy this random patreon bonus episode you're about to hear so thanks again guys Muy epic boys. <laughs> nice. New I've, been, I've been into saying it. I don't know why, but I've just been into saying muy epic. Do you know? But you know what is the most epic, the muyest of epics? What? What's that? Is the fact that you're listening right now to the Patreon uh, exclusive uh, Brain Boglet. Uh, first off, I want to thank everyone who's listening, because if you're listening, yeah. it means that you've uh graciously donated us money which is very we're very very thankful of um You're an because of that, boy you get to listen to this brain boglet which today we're talking about inception 
to go along with our dreams episode. Hold wow. on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vamp to, for time. <laughs> I, I tried the inception horn there, and it didn't quite time out. Right? That's fine. Maybe it's fine because um, that sound is actually copyrighted. Like oh, is that, that really? sounds, that sounds specifically is yeah. It's like you can like obviously if I built the sound like you you can like we can we could recreate the sound like as sure. long as we like as long like because we could be like oh no we used freaking french horns they used trumpets like whatever you know what i mean right um but yeah we're talking about inception there's another uh, famous yeah. sound from inception i don't know if you guys know the song time but it's that one that they use in literally every single motivational speech on youtube oh yeah uh, well, i don't hmm the music oh, so from good. Inception is so good. It is so good. It's That's really definitely one good. of the stronger points of the movie, having rewatched it. So, I just rewatched it um, within the last couple of days. Yeah, I rewatched it on Friday for this episode. I think, and I, I, it's probably like my fourth or fifth time seeing the movie. And what I will say is that overall, I really like the movie. The first hour kind of drags a bit when you yeah, know for the sure. rules for the, sure. first, the first hour of the movie is literally just these are the rules of inception yeah yeah well it's because there's so there's like so there's many, so many like new yeah. concepts yeah that they have like you have to explain it because the first time yeah. you see it the first hour is actually really interesting Oh, definitely, um, definitely. But after you know everything, you're like, oh my god, just board the plane, get on the plane! <laughs> I know, it was just kind of like surprising to me, because like, I I've, I love this movie, and I was just kind of like, oh wow, yeah, this first hour is kind of just a drag, huh? So when you know yeah. all the setup already. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, So, yeah, well, so Brent's already said that he likes it. I'm a big fan of the movie. Bobby, I think you're a big fan too, right? I really like I Inception. I like a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. It's uh, I'm a big yeah. fan of Christopher Nolan. He's got um I love Inception. He's got really um really creative concepts. Oh, and definitely. a lot of times a lot of times when you watch a movie like this, you'll be like, Well, the concept is cool, but you know, they could have done something better with it. Like, um have you seen Looper? Yeah. Yes. Looper, I'm like, Looper's cool, but they could have you know, it could have been better. Right. Um, they had a really cool like, like foundation. Yeah. Christopher Nolan, though, I feel like he he gets like he gets his weird his weirdness that is like just impossible enough where you're like, OK, OK, I can I can get behind this. Um, I think it's so funny that Christopher Nolan uses the same actors and actresses in all his movies. Yeah, it, it well, so like it's like every this like every He's every one of those types. Yeah, every Every director who has a style, like I think, I think that is is key. Every director who has a style always like uses the same actors. Yeah, it's like, really, he's the the auteurs, if you will. Yeah, like like, all like the auteurs, Tarantino, Christopher yeah. Nolan, Wes mm-hmm. Anderson. Um, what's his name? The the creepy one. Tarantino. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter. You know Johnny Depp. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Tim yeah, Burton. Yeah. Tim Burton. Oh, Tim Burton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like they Tim always Burton. use the same the same people because they like they think the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what I assume uses. anyway. Yeah. Like you always you always hear like the interviews of people who like with Bill. Um, Bill Murray, I can't believe I forgot his last name, and and those people who always work with Wes Anderson, they're like, yeah, I just love I just love working with him. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. 
I feel like the only one Taika Waititi has is very stylistic, but he doesn't use the same actors all the time. Sure, he's kind of new to the scene now too, though. That so like, we, he doesn't have like a lot of work out there. So yeah. I mean, well, I'm he's new to the see. he's new to the like the big budget stuff. Sure, 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 yeah, sure. But he has he has a ton of those like his little like quote. They're not indie, but like basically compared to what he's doing now, they're indie. Yeah, for a while there, it was like the New Zealand guys, like, you know, the Flight of the Conquerors guys, you know, Dude, Jermaine Clement and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, that. like in What We Do in the Shadows and, you know, Oh, those What We Do in the Shadows is such a funny movie. I love it. I love What We Do in the Shadows. I need to see the um the TV series. Maybe, that's, maybe I'll watch that. I hear it's good. I haven't watched it, though. Yeah, I hear it's very, very true to the movie. Um, mm. But we're not talking about any of those. We're talking about Inception. Yes. Um, okay, so quick... I guess I'll give a quick rundown of what Inception is if you're listening to this podcast. Well, first off, we recommend you go watch the movie. It's on Netflix. Um, yes. So if you have Netflix, you can watch it there. Um, if you don't, ha- I think that is the only stream. It might be on HBO Max, maybe, or like I, Go I, or something. I have HBO Max now because I had HBO now and it changed <laughs> to Max. I noticed yeah, that. Yeah. I had I had an HBO now and I was like, I have, oh. HBO, I have HBO Go and now it's Max. And well, no, Go is still separate. Yeah, for some I don't even know, dude. It is but, so like, confusing. Because well, go you sure. get for free with well, free quote unquote with your HBO subscription. Okay, so it's HBO not. now is a subscription streaming service that's now Max that has all the other shit. But I haven't set it up yet. Like, yeah, but it, also like, changed, like but I was like, oh okay. You can just log in with your like if you get HBO on like cable, you can just log in with your cable information into HBO Max. Sure. Well, um, I can tell anyway, you, Inception is not on HBO. It's Max. not on HBO. So okay. it's on Netflix. A quick rundown. So basically. Um, in this world, the military has developed this technology. It, they never explain how it works, and it doesn't matter. Um, but basically, it allows people to enter the same dream as someone else. So one person is the dreamer, like they have the dream, and the then architect. everyone else exists within it. And mm. so the movie starts, and there's all there's like this old Japanese man, and there's all this crazy stuff going on. Um, and you find out that they're actually inside of a dream. Um, I think they're inside of two dreams right at the beginning. I think they're in a dream within it's a, a dream. Layered, yes. Yeah. They're That's already, where they, they reveal the layers kind of like in that first sequence. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like the farther you go. It, so, so like we're, we're right now we're awake. We fall asleep. We're in a dream layer one. And then you fall asleep in that dream with the technology. Everyone goes to dream layer two. Yeah. And that is where you get like, um, that's where you get the like the access to the subconscious. So basically, there's Leonardo DiCaprio, and he uses this technology to go inside of people's dreams slash their minds and retrieve information that they wouldn't willingly give. It's basically he's basically a thief of your mind, um, mm-hmm. and so he's been hired by like Cobalt Engineering or some company to go inside this Japanese guy's mind. Um, but then the Japanese guy is like, I, I know all your tricks. Ha ha. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, listen, if you do a job for me, I won't have you arrested. And I'll also be able to expunge your previous criminal, uh, criminal record. Uh, and the job is to do inception basically. 
And I, so the first time I watched this, I actually didn't know what Inception was. I thought Inception was purely the act of going three dreams deep. That's also what I thought. Yeah. I, but oh, Inception, interesting. Okay. Yeah. But for those who don't know, Inception is going. So taking information out of the brain is really easy and people do it all the time. What Inception is, is putting an idea into their brain that they think they thought of on their own, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Japanese guy. His name is Saito. Saito wants Leonardo DiCaprio, whose name is Cobb. They want Cobb to go into this this heir to some large company or something. Um, they want that, him to plant the idea that the son, the heir of this company, needs to dissolve the company and start from scratch because Saito is a is a is a business competitor with this one guy. So that's basically. We, so we basically just skipped an hour. That was the first hour of the movie, was that he, whole explanation. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and, and the then, real movie he starts. To, he has to assemble his like team of like you know experts to help him incept this guy. Yeah. And that's also yeah. Well, like he already the first has hour. His, his team. This is where um, well, he has, he has most he of them, right? Yeah, he has to bring on his new architect, so he goes and finds Juno at college and brings her on. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, so he, he goes to his... So Ian, not Ian, um, Michael Caine is Michael Caine is Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, father-in-law and who teaches architecture at this college. And then he goes and Michael Caine is like, you're not going to take her for your job. And then Leonardo (laughs) and then DiCaprio is like, um, sucks because I'm taking her. I need someone who's good as me. I got someone better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what? Wait, the reason I forget, they need an, why does... Yeah, why, go, go ahead. Why do they need an architect? Why do they need an architect? Yeah. Okay, well, so so they need a new one because their old one sold them out on the Saito job, and that's how they got caught by Saito. Oh, right. Um, the reason why you need an architect in general is because when they go to extract information, the first dream is... Not actually your target's dream. The second dream is your target's dream, I believe. So the, um, the the architect sets the foundation for the the first dream, and then yeah. they use that to manipulate them into into the, into the, second, the second dream, dream. themselves. Yeah. So the, going into the second dream is where it's hard because that's the that's the target's actual mind. It's their um, and that's that's where that's where they yeah it's their subconscious. That's where their specialty comes in. Um, the first dream is just like a way for them. The first dream, they basically could do all the steps they do in the first dream in, in the real world, except it's way safer to do it in the dream because if you mess up, it's all just in the dream. Yeah. Right. Um, and now they they try to plant this idea into people's dreams, into their subconscious. Now in the movie, I kind of forget what, what exactly happened. You can pretty much plant an idea within the second layer deep, right? Like the first, you can plant an idea anywhere, but it just the, it won't take unless yeah. it's deep enough and at its most basis level, so that yeah. it, the yeah. concept can sort of like naturally match mature and you know form within the dreamer's yeah. mind. You know, essentially, what, I mean? what they need to do, Bobby. What's your least favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, I would say pistachio. Pistachio. So basically, what they need to do is. If if I was talking to Bobby and I said you like pistachio ice cream, Bobby would obviously say, "No, he no. doesn't." No, I hate. So pistachio. basically, what they need to do is they need to get themselves to to tell the Bobby you like pistachio ice cream, and Bobby to go, 
Oh yeah, I do. Right. Even though you don't. Um, and that's where the difficulty is. And so Leonardo DiCaprio starts training Juno, Ellen page. And in that training, (laughs) um, Ellen page discovers that Leonardo DiCaprio has this repressed memory of his wife that like comes up in jobs and will like sabotage things. Um, because if you go four dreams deep, um, you enter limbo or if you're too deeply sedated while you're dreaming and you die, normally you wake up. But if you die in a dream, when you're like three dreams deep and really sedated, you will go into limbo. And so this is something that I didn't understand until my very, very recent viewing of the movie was exactly what happened with Leonardo DiCaprio and his wife. Yeah, same. I, when I, I watched the movie the first like three times, I was like, this is a good movie. This is cool. And it wasn't until the last time I watched it that I like understood what was happening. Yeah, I didn't understand that that Leonardo DiCaprio had been to Limbo before. Right, and <laughs> I didn't realize he's that. basically lived an entire life. He's lived, he was in Limbo for fifty years. So Limbo is basically un—it's like unshaped, uncontrolled dream space imagination. Um, and so normally dreams are individual, but limbo is shared by everyone. So anyone who goes in there and changes it, um, you can see everything. Um, so Cobb and his wife had originally been the only people who had been to limbo and come back. Um, and after they, so they were stuck in limbo for what felt like to them 50 years, but it was actually probably just a few minutes in the real life. But like, obviously like we, we talked about in the Junji Ito episode with the long dream, that guy who gets stuck in dreams for like centuries, like that's what happened. That's what can happen to people in limbo. So Cobb and his wife come out of limbo and then Cobb's wife, her name is Mal. Um, she kills herself like, sometime after they come out of limbo because um since she spent so much time in a dream she she can no longer um determine what's real life and what's a dream anymore and so she thinks she's in a dream so she kills herself to get out of the dream because that's in in the movie they established that to wake up you kill yourself in the dream unless you're too far deep in the dream yeah, uh-huh. the other way to wake yourself up out of a dream is is what's called a jump or like a or like a I always refer to it a kick. They a call kick. it a kick, yeah. where it's like they describe it as when your chair is leaning back and and, and you feel like you're gonna fall, so you like startle yourself forward. Mm-hmm. That's what a kick is, and so yeah. that's the way to wake yourself up without killing yourself. And it's cool that they uh-huh. have kicks within the dreams, so like you're like a dream deep, and they'll create a kick, so that when you're in the third level of dreaming, you you can wake yourself up at a certain time yeah that was super cool how they did that so because since they're three dreams deep you have to wake up in the third dream first then in the second then in the first yeah or else because you have to be in the sequence so they use like they'll, they'll put headphones on whoever's dreaming so that everyone can hear the music um when like they, so they know cue. Yeah, they know that the kick is going and also every layer you go deeper like time slows down so like 10 hours in the real li- in real life is like a week on the first dream level. Um, and then like five minutes in the first dream level is like half an hour in the second dream level. And like a few minutes in the second dream or yeah, like t- I think 20 minutes in the second dream level is like an hour in the third. And yeah. then a few minutes in the third is like hours in limbo so like limbo really really slows you down and another thing that's kind of cool what they do is um like when you're when you are being woken up 
in a dream, like deep inside of a dream. However, you're being woken up kind of breaches into that dream. Like, I don't know if you remember the scene where they're in the bar and um, it like the whole building like floods because it's not just it's not just however you're being woken up. It's anything that happens to you on the previous levels affects yourself deep. So like Saito gets when when they finally do the big heist, Saito gets shot on the first level. Mm -hmm. um, And in the second level, he's like coughing and stuff. Right. Um, but it's not that bad. And then in the third level, he's like completely fine. But then as his injury progresses in the first level, he eventually starts dying in the later, deeper levels. Mm. Right. Like, or like um, how the hotel, everyone becomes weightless in the hotel because they're in Yeah, mid-air. because the van's dropping. I love that scene. I, I always watch that and I'm like, how the heck did they film this? This looks so cool. Oh, I actually know how they filmed it. Ooh. Um, so it was... So... The scenes where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is weightless, some some things were, were were done on wires, but they filmed a lot on those planes that fly in the parabolas that give you, a, um, like like ten seconds of free fall. They did, um, they actually did that. Yeah, they filmed wow. that was in that. Um, the part where the van is rolling down the hill, they built an entire set. Um on a big that whole hallway is one big set that is on a rotating thing so the camera is fixed with the point of view of the set and then it it turns around so that they just so because so, the hallway doesn't like move around the whole we we our orientation in the camera stays the same with the hallway so to us it just looks like they're climbing all over the thing yeah but in reality the set is just the whole thing's just rotating around Imagine, imagine the like thought that had to go into filming that. Yeah, it's so cool. Well, dude, Christopher Nolan is insane with that kind of stuff. For Tenet, Tenet looks insane. Tenet is like it's about this dude who can like manipulate time or something, and so he can like see things that have that haven't happened yet, and he can mm-hmm. also go back. And, it, it's like obviously I would have to see the movie to understand it because it took me five watches of Inception to understand it, but. Um, for that movie, instead of he found that it was cheaper to just buy a seven forty seven instead of like recreating one as a set. What? <laughs> yeah. So so for the movie, he just bought one and was like, "All right, we're gonna use this for the movie." That's kind of sad that it's more expensive to build a fake one than it is to buy a real well, one. Well, the amount of things that were shot on it, or maybe there was something like I don't. Why is it sad? I don't know. It's like what it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't think it's sad, though. No, it's, it's, like, it's, it's not it's really funny. sad. It's just like, what? It's now, like, no shed a tear sad. Like, <laughs> Listen, I don't yeah. know about you guys, but like, how does that make sense? It's sad. <laughs> it's crying. sad that the, that the inflated prices <laughs> of the, of the uh, freaking uh, the set building industri- market. Industry market. Yeah, know, the, set, right? the set building. The stupid airplane industry is... Well, thank God that's the only bad thing the happening in the world right now. True. It is. It's the only bad thing. Um, <laughs> Everything else is perfect. Yeah. So that's basically the explanation of the movie. I guess we can talk about it, like, theme-wise. Just, just general discussion, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, general yeah. discussion now. Well, so I really liked, upon rewatching this movie, I really liked the... Um, Ma- what you said her ma- name was Mal. Mal. Mm-hmm. Mal. She was really which which means bad in French. All of the names oh. mean mean stuff. Ooh. By the way, Paige's name is Adrian. 
um, which comes from the Greek, which comes from the Greek character Adrian from um, the la- I from I forget King Minos, the King Minos myth, um, mm-hmm. because she gave whoever was the hero of that story who had to go into the maze. She, Adrian gave that hero um, the golden yarn to let himself out. Or maybe not. Maybe it's not golden yarn, but the yarn that let herself out. And if you remember, the final, um, the final dream level three is um, is, is Ellen Page's dream. She is the architect of that, and she makes it into a labyrinth. Um, right. It, um, and also, just to, just to clarify, her name is um, Ariadne. Ariadne. Yeah, yeah. I, they all have like, weird ass names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Tom like, Hardy's Ames name is doesn't sound quite right, but yeah. Tom Hardy's name is Ames, like E A M E, like like James yeah. with an E instead of an a J. Ames. Hello, Ames. Ames. Yeah, they all have weird. Names. I guess Saito's like the only one who has like a regular like name, like because he just has a Japanese name that like is. Pretty. I don't know if, if it might be a weird name in Japan. Yeah. Um. But it seems pretty regular to me. Right. The only it's the only normal one to me too is uh Robert, who is uh, yeah, who, who is the son of the the he's the oh heir to yeah the Robert F- Fisher or whatever is who is um the scare what's Joseph Gordon Levitt's name in the movie Oh, uh, shit I don't know I got Wikipedia open right now I just call people by the actors names like yeah I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> that scene yeah. is so funny when they're on the, they're on the first layer of jo- they're in Joseph Gordon Levitt's dream, um, but it's populated by that's what the architect does. An architect builds a dream, but then lets the subject populate it with their self subconscious. Right. So, like all the people that you see in that dream are, are people that yeah. you've seen. Right. I think it's really interesting how they in- introduce the uh, crowds as the su- subconscious, like sort of being aware that something's wrong. And like yeah. if people in the crowd start to stare at you, that means your subconscious is realizing it's a dream, which is bad for mm-hmm. the whole heist, I guess. Yeah. Cause you want it yeah. to be uh, like, you want them to not understand that it is a dream. Right. Oh yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt's character's name is Arthur, by the way. And it's just yeah, a pretty, pretty normal name. Pretty too. regular name. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, what they do is, I love how cl- I love how smart their like plan is for their three dream layer mm. heist because level so on they they get onto the plane with him they knock him out they put something in his drink to knock him out for the whole flight everyone on the plane is in on it the flight attendants everyone um and so <laughs> there's actually a scene where they're like we need it we need we need to hire we need to buy like the flight attendant we need to hire the flight attendants and then Saito goes I bought oh, I just, the airline. I bought the whole airline. It seemed yeah, cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of speaking of um of just same buying principle. the plane. Yeah, it's actually That's really probably, funny. So, that was probably why he did it because he remembered that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably he was like, oh, maybe it's just easier. But um, <laughs> they so they drug him, and then in the first layer of the dream, they make it seem like Robert, who's their subject, is being kidnapped, and that that is real life. Mm. Um. And then they go one dream layer deeper where they tell him it's a dream. So he thinks that the first layer dream is real life and he's really been kidnapped and is now inside of a dream. So he's aware that the next two layers are dreams Um, so that by the time he wakes up entirely, 
he basically only remembers the first layer of the dream. Yep. And doesn't remember the rest of it and is just like, oh, all of these people who are on the plane with me were in my dream, except like obviously because I probably just saw their faces and then yeah. they got into my dream. You know what I mean? And, the, and, they, and they, 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 they succeed. Well, they, they don't succeed basically according to plan because they have to go because well, Cobb's isn't there, Mao. Isn't there a couple of different him. things that happen? So, so first is that um, don't they have to go deeper to try and save uh, – the Japanese guy's life. Saito. So what happens Saito. is when Saito dies, um, yeah, they, they were like, well, they, they have to save Robert and Saito um, because both of them die on layer three and yeah. then drop into layer and then drop into limbo. Um, so right. Ellen page and DiCaprio go into limbo because DiCaprio knows it because he's been there for so long before. Yeah. Um, and so they go to save, um robert so they they get robert and then they bring him back to the third layer and then Cobb stays there to find saito afterwards um and they spent they actually spend like they spend like 50 60 years again in limbo like saito turns into an old man right um in limbo but then wakes up and is on the plane again yeah um which is which is just like it's just absurd it's just um, like imagine imagine like being trapped in a dream and you have to spend that long well this is where that's where the big reveal of the movie comes in like the big twist it's not really a twist but um basically saito is like leonardo dicaprio you know that inception is possible because no one had ever done it before yeah and leonardo dicaprio was like yeah i know but he keeps his past completely hidden from his team right and the big reveal is that you find out that that um, that DiCaprio knows that Inception is possible because when him and Mal were in limbo, um, DiCaprio found a representation of her psyche essentially and put because um, he he was like, "This isn't real. We need to get back to our real children in the real life." And she was like, "We're gods here. Why would we ever want to leave?" So he put in the idea that this is all a dream and we need to die to escape. And yeah. he planted that into her mind so that they could escape limbo. But that idea carried into real life right. where she thought that real life was a dream and killed herself to escape because of inception. Right. And that, right. you're, that whole bit is like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That part was really cool. Like basically like that inception has been proven because it is what killed Leonardo DiCaprio's wife. Yeah. It killed Mal. I don't know her, her the, that actress's name i only know her character name <laughs> and obviously he didn't know that it would that it would work the way it did but now he knows how inception works which is why he's so confident yeah in it, in it. yeah yeah it's marion cotillard uh, yeah okay she's we're gonna call her we're, we're gonna call her cotillard. Yeah. yeah and her name means bad in french did i already say that yeah when we had talked yes. about the name i like thing. to call her like every- talia al ghul Oh yeah, she's in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another fun fact about how Inception got produced. Um, so J- Christopher Nolan made the first two Dark Knight movies, and Warner Brothers were like, "Okay, you're gonna make that that trilogy, right? Like, because we it's gonna and one and DiCaprio was like, um, only if you guys let me make my little passion project movie." DiCaprio and then I'll make the or th- Nolan. 
Nolan. Nolan was like, let me make my little passion project movie. And then Warner Brothers were like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Fine. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So then he made Inception. And then after that, he made, he made the third Dark Knight movie. Right. Which was trash, by the way. It wasn't trash. It was like good. the third one. The third easy, one is far easy, from trash. Haka, haka, easy, easy, haka, that's haka. so. That part is so sick. That part is so sick. I, my confession is that I have not seen all of that movie. It's a good movie. It's, it's just not boring. as good as the. It's not boring. It's action packed. What are you talking about? There's so much action in that movie. Not movie. It's just not the Dark Knight. It's just it's. How are you going to follow up the Dark Knight? What like many people consider to be no, the best movie ever. You know what I mean? I I hate it for personal reasons in that I don't think that Batman would ever just be like, I'm quitting. Are you? Ki- uh, have you even read any of the, anything? Batman. Batman. Yes. Batman gives up all the time. Batman thinks he needs to quit all the time and retire all the time. Yeah, dude. but he doesn't actually retire. What he never yeah, he does. Never in, there's retires. like there, uh, there's like a f- a few comic lines where he's like an old man and yeah, retired. But, but like he was Batman for like twenty years before. No, I know Bobby, but also this Batman timeline is completely self-contained. So you True. need to have him retire at the end. No, you're right. I just don't like that. No, yeah, but it's like really, it's actually a good movie. Nobody, don't listen to Bobby. He's incorrect. <laughs> well, talking about other good movies, I want to talk about the ending of Inception a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. Let's see what you guys think. Uh, there? Yeah, so I, well, one, I want to see whether you guys think it matters, whether or not it's r- real or a dream, but no. also get your opinions as to whether you think it is real or a dream. Um, I think it's real. After watching I think it's real. Time, mm-hmm. Yeah, before I watched it again and really paid attention to the ending, I was like, oh, it could be either or. But, like, it has to be real. Like, because otherwise it's such a tragic ending if it's not real. Well, I might be wrong about this. Does he see the kids at the end? He sees the kids' faces. Yes. That's why I think it's biggest. That's definitely the biggest tell, but my th- thought process on it, that I th- the cool thing about it in this whole movie is that I think it doesn't matter anymore. No, so it, I don't I see don't it as it being, I don't think it's tragic because even if it isn't real, like at this point in the movie, Cobb has sort of given up his grief over what happened to Mal and is able to move forward in like whatever yeah. version of reality he's moving in. So whether this is a dream world or non-dream world he's like let go of that grief and is able to like move yeah. forward so like to me like even if it isn't is an actually a dream it doesn't matter because like he can actually like move forward in like whatever yeah. reality he exists that's, in now that's the other thing too is when, when the when the movie first came out there were like at first it was like it's a dream it's not a dream and then people were like no 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 no, no guys it doesn't matter that it's a dream and that includes the fact that he sees his children's faces mm. everyone points to the fact that oh he walks away from the top um Mm -hmm. showing that he doesn't care anymore if it's a dream or not um but you never see the kids faces before even when it's real life yeah um so nobody nobody talks about the fact that he that he sees his children's faces is also showing that it's not like him seeing his children's faces people try to use that as it's real life evidence but it's actually it doesn't matter evidence because he's <laughs> finally looking at his kids. Yeah. Cause before it's okay. just about the regret of losing yeah. his kids because of his actions or whatever. Yeah. That's why he never sees the faces. Bef- yeah. Cause in, in before in real life, he just can't, he just can't bring himself to face his children mm. in the dream. He doesn't want to get attached to 
um, children that aren't actually his in, in, in real life, their dream children. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never, never see the children. And I love that. It's so, it's so clever. This movie is just so clever. It's, Can I argue why I think it does matter? Why? So I think it matters because he, the whole movie, like the whole point of him incepting his wife in the first place was that he didn't want to get caught in a dream. He didn't want to forget. He wanted to go back to reality and see his children. And so I think that if it is a dream, then what I think about in that case is his kids are alone and they're, they're, they're not seeing his, his, they're not seeing their father. And I think that that's not what he truly wants. I think he truly wanted to go back to his kids, whether or not it's his reality or not, there are other people involved. And so that's why I think I, I personally think that the character Leonardo DiCaprio plays would rather it be realistic like he would rather be in the real world. Yeah. But just because he, he wants to, just because he would rather to be, doesn't mean that it matters now. Right. That's, I mean, because the whole thing is like him, not, um, it's like, he can't like, he like the whole movie, he wants to go to his kids, but he can't because he has to like, because of these criminal charges or whatever. Yeah. I think Mal also left. I think it's implied that Mal left. Um, that Mal left like false evidence behind to incriminate Cobb. Like there was something about how she was like, "Oh, I told people that you were like abusing me or something," mm-hmm. um, and like threatening to have. Like Mal, th- Mal leaves evidence that Cobb was planning on faking Mal's mental illnesses so that he could get full custody of the children. There was like some weird line about that that I remember vaguely. Yeah, ultimately, I don't know how important all that is. Like, I see what you're saying, Bobby, for sure, and I, I think I generally agree with that sentiment. But I just, I don't think that's what. Christopher Nolan's trying to say in this yeah. movie. Oh yeah, I feel like I in agree general, this is more a meditation on just like grief in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so just the idea of like letting go of it and like it not mattering anymore yeah. is more like the point he's trying to make in that scene. So whether or not that like has like consistent internal logic as far as the character goes, I'm not sure because I feel like sometimes in Christopher Nolan movies, it's less about the characters and more about the concept that he's trying to like express. Yeah. So, like, I feel like in this instance, this might be a little bit of a case of that dissidence where it's, like, more about the idea he's trying to express than it is about, like, the characters. The characters are just, like, vehicles to, like, push forward this, like, idea that he's trying to get across. I can see that. It just frustrates me to think that he'd be trapped there forever. Right. I mean, I mean, and again, like I think at the end of the day, you can kind of read it however you want to. And that's fine yeah. because it again, like it, it literally doesn't matter to the character, I think, anymore. And it also doesn't matter to the movie anymore, mm-hmm. whether or not he's in the dream or not, because he's found peace. And that's the ultimate yeah. goal in this situation was to find peace, you know? Yeah. True. So. Yeah. So th- that, that's I love I how that. when they're doing the heist. Um, mm-hmm. I love how at first when they're interrogating him and they have Tom Hardy Ames 
pretending to be his really close family friend that he calls Uncle Peter. Yeah. Who is like part of the company as well. Wasn't he um, also like his godfather or something weird? Um, or he was maybe like he was an his uncle godfather. They, he like just grew up with him basically. He was like, he, he was like best friends with his father. Um, I don't think we can hear Bobby anymore. Oh no, I just went silent. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, now Bobby was love, his godfather, by the way. I, I just, oh, I just looked that up. So yeah, they were. They, yeah, it, memory. It was essentially his. They like describe it as essentially his like surrogate father because Robert Fisher, the target, was like really estranged from his biological father. But they're interrogating the two of them, and he's like, "I need the combination to the safe." Um, give me the first six numbers that come to your head. Just say them. And he said, and he just, he just says six numbers and those six numbers become important in layers two and three of the dream to like help him, um, help him fully like think that this was his idea. I love when they're on layer two, they, tell Fisher that they're going inside of uncle Peter's mind because they convince Fisher they they convince Fisher that Uncle Peter is the one who had him kidnapped in the first layer. Yeah. So his projection of Uncle Peter in the second layer then is like um is like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I did it." But Fisher thinks that that's not a projection. Fisher thinks that that's real Uncle Peter who has used the brain, the the dream sharing technology to all be in that same dream right there. So they convince him. They're like, we're going to go inside uncle Peter's brain to figure out why he was trying to what he was trying to steal from you. Yeah. um, So that we can use it as evidence against him when we go back into the real life. Um, but in reality, they go into Fisher's mind. So they had, they, they trick Fisher into breaking into his own subconscious. Yeah. It's so, it is so clever. I love that mm. stuff. And then they use um, the code again, right? Don't they end up using the code to, to unlock um, his, the code his unlocks the, the, the safe. Yeah. That has the like windmill, um, little thing yeah. in it ultimately. So ultimately the, the idea that they incept is that, so on Robert Fisher's father's deathbed, he only heard his father say one word disappointed. And yeah. Fisher thought that that meant that he was disappointed in him his whole life. But then they, because they turned his subconscious against him, they're able to make him think that his father, what his father actually meant was, I'm disappointed that you never tried to be your own man. Yeah. Um, and that you never tried to start your own thing. And so Fisher now, instead of, um, instead of just inheriting the company, he dissolves the company and starts to build one from scratch, mm. which is kind of like, like Cobb and Ellen page and Ames, Jay and Ames Hardy. Um, they're like, <laughs> like they're like not the good guys. Like, no, they're, like, they're yeah. doing a bad thing. I mean, and like Cobb is like a really like Cobb is like borderline irredeemable. Yeah. Like he, he like has to like, like, I think that's why they needed to just have him literally have th- like his personal life restored yeah. because I think, I think people would have disliked it if Cobb had received success beyond that. Cause you hear that Cobb isn't getting any money for yeah. this, um, for this job that he's on. He's giving his money all to some, to, to another person on this job. And so Cobb literally, the only thing he gets out of this is like his life back, like the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think again. because of that, he was able to be redeemed. But like, because he did a lot of terrible stuff 
in his past and his dude like that's pretty bad like it's this poor that, guy it's funny to like think that um you know you you feel so good when you're watching the scene where fisher's dad is like finishing his his last words and uh yeah and you're and like oh like, my god this is so beautiful you're like oh this is so nice he reconciled with his father but he didn't no like, that that's happened. just a dream his father in real life w- was a terrible jerk he who didn't know how to connect to his son yeah <laughs> he was probably really disappointed in him like it's really messed up well it makes you think about your own dreams and like i know some people like they'll have a dream and they'll act on something in their life based on that dream like i know people who have started dating other people because they had a dream that they went on a date with that person. And it's like some people have a huge influence and dreams have a big influence on their life. To be fair though, like in our lifetime, making decisions based on dreams is probably fine. Um, because there's no threat of there being anyone else in there trying to influence your dreams. (laughs) True. You know what I mean? So like dream decision, dream decisions are probably fine. Now, I mean, you may want to reevaluate your decision making skills if you're making if yeah, you're making it based on dreams. I feel but. like a lot of like uh, shady decisions in history have been made based on dreams. So oh, yeah, we kind of talked it. about this like in our last episode. Oh yeah, in Waco, they like had that from a dream, didn't they? Yeah. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, um, they, there was a couple of sort of like I dreamt this, and so it's, so it is. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I like the idea too in Inception that literally. Um, everyone who goes into the, like when you, when you go into a dream, you can't remember your life before. And when you come out of the dream, you can't really remember the dream. Um, I like that his team is trained to remember that. Like, yeah, I like that, that people who, people who are going into a, like if we, um, like they, if they weren't trained to do that and they brought anyone who they brought in, wouldn't realize it's a dream, you know, like, I love that you have to train to remember this stuff it's just so well, and you got your totem too you know to help you figure out if it's real or not well i feel like the totem is the totem is like is is useless if you can't remember i feel like no i like know what you're the saying totem, you, you you need the totem and the training at the same time yeah you need the wherewithal to be like because you yeah because you need the knowledge to to know you need you need to know to test if it's a dream or not Sometimes when I watch Inception, I'm like, I wonder what my totem would be. I think about what my totem would be, too, and I have no idea. I feel like it's mm, so hard to have anything question. not be the Well, top. Ellen Page's is like a chess piece, but I have no idea. Like, is it a chess piece that that can only fall when you push it in on from one side? Right. I don't know how her totem works. Yeah, I was wondering that, too. I understand how, um, like, uh, what's his face? Um joseph gordon levitt his is a loaded dice and only he knows how how it's loaded so he yeah. knows what number it does every time um i guess Cobb just kn- he must know the exact time that it takes for that top to fall down like he has to that's the mm. only way for it for that totem to work what would be my totem hmm mm. hmm maybe like a quarter with like both heads i don't know <laughs> but that doesn't make sense no, it does make sense because then if you ever flipped a coin and it was tails, you would know that it, if you flipped the coin and it landed tails, you'd be like, this is a dream. But how many, how many times would I have to do it for it to like land tails? <laughs> they have to manifest their totem. I never thought about that. You, hmm. so you have one in real life, but then when 
Wait, how would? Well, it's just in your brain, right? It's just in your mind. No, no, no. I know, I know. But, but. Oh, I guess all of that because everyone has some sort of effect on. Because if you are the one who dreams up your totem, yeah, I guess you would only dream up your totem if you you would dream your totem cor- oh that's what it is because you would dream your totem correctly if you knew you were going if you knew you were in a dream but mm. if you didn't know you were in a dream and somebody else so i wonder if so like if 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 i knew that i had a totem right and i didn't know that i was in a dream and i go to reach into my pocket mm-hmm. um does the person who is trying to infiltrate my mind know so like do they is it is it their subconscious or whatever that dreams up the fake totem in my pocket or is it my subconscious that dreams up the fake totem because regardless question. then if i'm like oh i need to see if i'm in a dream and i go and grab my totem and now because i if i generate my totem whether i know it or not you know what i mean like if yeah. it just appears in my pocket and i don't i don't know that it just appears there and spin it if i create it regardless of what happens it's always gonna land as if my as my totem should yeah brent just sent a brain explosion <laughs> meme well, so this is, this is what christopher nolan movies do to you no i know but i feel like i feel like because because normally there's not a plot hole like this i feel like there wouldn't be a because the whole point of the movie the whole the, the final shot is of the totem so i feel like they have to be i feel like there's something that i'm not thinking of that or like I'm just mis- misunderstanding them because I, I feel, feel like, like they're s- airtight. I feel like a totem is an airtight. I think plot it's as point. simple as like it, it. If you're in a dream, your brain is trained to to know that that totem will not fall or whatever. And if you're not in a dream, grab no, takes, dude, takes no, over. it's gotta be, it's gotta be. No, 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 I know, but if you're in a dream. Because the they only have a reference if from the real life, right? Yeah, like you're referencing their behavior in the dream based off of real life. But you're still so in that dream, right? So you, it, you if can I'm still in that what dream, you're saying and what you're wearing, yeah. What if you're in someone else's dream? It doesn't matter who architect, who is the architect, or who created the dream. You you still choose what you're wearing, right? Or is that maybe um, that's a plot? Maybe that's a maybe that's a plot hole. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's not for Oh my god. It's not a plot hole. The answer is there's no way to know. It's only so that when you know for a fact that you're on a job, it's it's a just in case because things can get confusing going in and out of dreams all the time. Uh. So you it's 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 not a protection against if someone tries to convince you you're not dreaming. It's to it's to just remind yourself what where you are, basically. Gotcha. I think. Um but all, even, all I want to know is what my totem is. That's all I need to know. <laughs> I have no idea what my totem would be. My totem is like a, a ricin pill. <laughs> if I what? Take, if I take it and I don't die, it's a dream. <laughs> no, 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 no. You would need to be if you don't if you don't die, it's real life, Bob. Because no, no, no this is how the double-sided coin could work. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you could ha- you you wouldn't flip it, you would just look at it. Right. And so people could know that you have a as long as you only showed people one side, 
Mm. of that coin people would know that you, your a coin is your totem but they wouldn't know what's on the other side of the coin and so mm. you could always see what's on i thought about like a deck of cards that's in a specific that like a new uh like a, yeah a deck of cards that's in a specific order or that like all the cards are like spades or something yeah or, or like, yeah or like all the cards are spades, you got like yeah. a red pill and a blue pill and like if it's real <laughs> take the red pill if it's red, yeah, if it's red i can see your brain gears working over there you're thinking of your totem yeah, yeah, what would I, your totem be? I don't know, man. I honestly have no idea. I really don't. I've been really grinding my gears over here trying to figure out what it would be. <laughs> and I, I got nothing, to be uh, honest with you. I don't know. I am um, in Layer 2, when they're in Dream Layer 2 in the hotel. Um, I don't understand why like Leonardo DiCaprio is so intense about telling like why he's like, listen to me. You have to listen to me. Like, <laughs> wh- like why is he so intense about, and like why is Fisher like school of acting? I guess so. Like why, why are they all Whoa! panicking about it being a dream? Mm-hmm. You know, like know. they, they, cause they're like, they're like panicking because they, they panic purely about it being a dream. They, before Fisher even finds out that there might be people trying to steal stuff from him. Right, um, which is just so, which is just weird. Isn't to it me. because? Like, isn't it because mm-hmm. the subconscious is starting to like c- catch on to them? The subconscious is. Well, oh, that's probably why. Because the subconscious can look at, um, look at other subconscious projections and know. Right, they it's can, like, like the scene where, jo- where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like they're looking for the dreamer, which is yeah. me, and then he's like, "Quick, kiss me," and then he kisses Ellen Page. And then she's like, they're all still staring. And <laughs> he just goes, oh, it was worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was smooth. That was smooth, was Joseph cute. Gordon Levitt. Yeah, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, you smooth bastard. Fly dog. We can Man. talk about lucid dreaming for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you listen to our dreams podcast for a few weeks ago, we had so much that we never really got to a lot of things. And so there's a few things that that we can kind of skim through here and just kind of talk openly about that we never got to talk about. One of those mm-hmm. things being lucid dreaming, which is kind of a theme in Inception. Um, basically, lucid dreaming is the conscious perception of one's state while dreaming. So you get to choose what, you know, that you have some degree of control over what your dreams are. And you can have control over the actions within the dream or even the characters and the environment. So, uh, lucid dreaming has actually been scientifically verified, which is kind of cool. So it's a real thing. They have like masks, like sleep masks and stuff that are apparently meant to induce lucid dreaming. Ooh. There's, I mean, there's a million different products you can use. Like, um, there's like a phone app that will like detect when you're in REM sleep or whatever. And then mm-hmm. will like, I think it like plays you a message or it does something that is supposed to, um, cause you to lucid dream it'd be interesting to try to use one like try to find an app that's like it's meant to induce lucid dreaming that should be our brain boggled homework to try and lucid dream dude tonight i'll i'll like use an app to see if it can induce a lucid dream sometimes so there's it's funny speaking of like totems there are ways that, to help yourself realize you're dreaming within a dream to yeah, help. you like look in a mirror, or read a book or something, right? Right. Look, if you look in a mirror, um, your reflection—if it doesn't look normal—you're in a dream. 
Uh, you can't read in a dream, which is interesting. So if you like look in a book and you can't read anything, then you're in a dream. Um, solid objects. So if you push your hand against a wall or a table and it goes through, then you're in a dream. Um, <laughs> Wait. This is so dumb, but like this is if all the stuff I found. Through, all the stuff. When you, it's so funny because when you're in a dream, you're like not thinking about this kind of stuff. Like that's what yeah. they do on layer two. They, they, um, their like whole gambit is they pretend to be, you can get trained against infiltration. You can train your subconscious to automatically protect against these people coming in and trying to steal information. Hmm. So, Leonardo DiCaprio tries to convince Fisher that he is a projection and part of his dream. And he, yeah. that's he, what he does is he points out all the weird inaccuracies <clears throat> mm. <coughs> that wouldn't be in real life. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because all of those things that are like, this is how you figure out if you're in a dream and they all boil down to if X is weird, you're in a dream. Right. And, if you look and they this, sound so ridiculous. They do. They do. Something else that you can do to lucid dream is keeping a dream journal that's like a really important part of lucid dreaming oh yeah the more you remember your dreams the more you can connect and tap into that sort of subconscious dreaming world Mm -hmm. so that's something that i would would uh be interested in possibly trying again i used to do that when i was younger but i haven't done it in a while a dream journal yeah i tried to keep one but i just kept forgetting to write it down Apparently, the way to wake up if you're in a dream, like say you're lucid dreaming and you're like, I don't want to. You call out <laughs> yeah. for help. Um, it's said that yelling in your dreams tells your brain that it's time to wake up, which is interesting. <laughs> or right. That is really funny. If you manage to speak out loud, you might wake yourself up. Uh, apparently, if you blink repeatedly, that can like translate to your actual body. And, oh, and your eyes will open. Yeah, that's really funny. And then uh, apparently, this this is really funny. If you fall asleep in your dream, then you'll wake up in real life. I don't know why that reminded me of like Minecraft. I have no idea why that reminded you of Minecraft either. It's like, oh, I'm asleep. <laughs> I gotta go to bed, and you go over to your little bed, and you go to sleep to wake up. I don't know. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, I have no idea what. Um, why that reminds you of Minecraft? I mean, really you sleep shouldn't. in Mi- you sleep in Minecraft, but like you don't sleep to like wake up. I, I mean, you I just, do wake up. But. I guess I just picture like my bed in my dream being like a little Minecraft bed that I go to. Goofy. Uh, and then um, the last thing that I had on here was uh, do animals dream because that was a question I kind of had, and so the answer is. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah it, most they? most animals do dream. Um, dogs dream about chasing animals all the time, which is why we talked about this in the dream episode. Yeah, I'll see my dogs run. chasing things in their dreams. They also dream about their owners, which is adorable. That's funny. Um, and then, what about fish? That's kind of one thing that I was wondering: is do fish dream? Well, scientists don't know for sure fish dream, but. We do know that they go through different sleep cycles while they sleep. So it is possible. Um, do androids dream of electric, electric? sheep? Yes. Okay. You, I was thinking <laughs> the same joke and you got, you got there first. So touche. Which thank God the movie adaptation Blade Runner. If, <laughs> if anyone didn't know, 
is a Blade Runner is a movie adaptation of Do Andrews Dream of Electric Sheep. Um, thank God they changed the name because the name um, has so much has such a much it has a much more meaningful punchline mm-hmm. in um, in the books than it would have in the movies if they um, because it like in the books Deckard actually has an electric sheep mm-hmm. as a pet mm-hmm. um, yeah. because they explain that in the books um, society and like the culture of the times really values people who can take care of animals really well. So if you can't afford to take care of a real animal, you get like a, a robot bird or a robot sheep. And so since the society puts so much pressure on um, taking care of these animals, like obviously you would dream about these animals if you have to take care of them. And yeah. so the question is, does an Android dream of an of electric sheep meaning does an Android care about whatever it's taking care of, oh, um, right. which is actually a very punctual and, 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 and interesting punchline um, for that whole for the whole book thing. It's really cool. Does book, a Bobby book dream has, of Minecraft sheep? <laughs> I've had I've had dreams about video games i feel oh i definitely have yeah so i and, and speaking of that dreams episode i remembered what the thing that i was saying in my sleep that christy like oh, me. oh let's hear it was apparently it? i i was saying something about final fantasy apparently like in the dream i was playing final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> or well, i was in it and i was like doing some side quest mission and i was apparently trying to find the really large figs and is that actually in the game no <laughs> there's nothing to do with, there's nothing about figs in final fantasy 7 at all but apparently i just kept saying yeah yeah i need to find the figs those That's are like really funny fig they're really big figs. figs i guess so yeah all right i don't know now we that are like the actual plants but yeah that's what i was saying so that's amazing that is that's really just funny. for the patreons brent i yeah, feel like you gotta post that meme only. that christy made the final fantasy 7 meme Oh yeah! Oh. For anyone who plays Five of His Fantasy Seven Remake, she made a really good uh, crossover um, Final Fantasy Seven community meme. I'll, I'll throw it up in the Discord here for you boyos, but oh, I'm gonna throw it up on the Patreon later too. You don't even have yeah. to play Final Fantasy Seven to understand how great this meme is. Yeah, if I can freaking move the guy yeah. in the Discord. Um, uh, where are you? Yeah, I think once we get this meme sent that's probably where we'll um we'll leave this episode off yeah i think we're so now we're in now i think well, so it's we'll... nice what's oh it's so good <sighs> this better not awaken anything in me <laughs> um what's nice about audacity is i can see the time finally instead of garage band where it's like oh wait gibberish. that's cloud i was like yeah. i was like i don't get it yeah, that's the yeah. There's a very famous scene within that game where Cloud has to cross dress, and um, they they okay. The so you game, suck. It's a, <laughs> oh, it's so, so you do have to more play. layers to this meme than I thought. You yeah, in the original, in the original game, it's just kind of like a, a kind of like a goofy scene. I actually think they did a really good job within the game. It's insane. Like, there's a whole dance sequence you have to go through and everything, but <laughs> oh, it like ends funny. with this. It ends with this button of like sort of you know gender fluidity and self acceptance and like self love. That's like kind of amazing mm-hmm. and beautiful. But like, yeah, there's this moment in it where like the character who's sort of like 
deciding like he's going to make cloud look like a woman i won't tell you why you'll play the game it, it makes sense within the game but yeah so it's just a screenshot of the guy andrea sort of dipping cloud as a woman and just saying perfection and then it's the, <laughs> and then it's the dean from a community looking at the computer saying this better not awaken anything in me because <laughs> in the show like he famously has this weird like sort of furry dalmatian thing going on and he's like watching a video on his computer of someone dressed as a dalmatian and he says this better not awaken anything in me and so some yeah. goofy uh, stuff i love it some good stuff yeah all right well and then thank you like guys a flashback to where he does oh. it with cross-dressing sorry jack yeah oh no it's fine i'm just trying to yeah let's wrap it up off. let's wrap it up <laughs> Thanks for listening, um, you you beautiful patrons. Thank you for giving us your money. We appreciate it. Um, All your support. Yeah, we love you more than the world itself. For sure. Um, Yeah, actually, yeah, I'll admit that one because these are the patrons. So we gotta, we gotta, (laughs) we gotta shell out, uh, not shell out. What is it? Sell out? Not sell out. (laughs) What is it when you like? Squell out. It's no, 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 no. It's like simping, but like a real word. <laughs> um, I don't know. If only I understood what simping meant. <laughs> simping is when you like. Okay, well, this I guess can stand. But simping is um, simping is this new, this new word. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. New, it's a few months old, but people I've seen s- it going around, but I don't fully get it. It means it's it's so it started off with like. It, it, it basically means a dude who is like sacrificing everything in their life for a girl who doesn't even realize that they're like there. So That's a an very example good of definition, an example of simping would be like is if there's like a female streamer on Twitch, um, mm. like simps would like donate a lot of money to her to try to get like to try to get noticed by this streamer. And so mm-hmm. it started out as that word. And I think it, it's it, w- when you're meaning that specific as like some dude who's giving up anything for a girl who never wants to give him attention, like, oh, it's such a good word. But now it's just used for any dude who is being nice to a girl in any <laughs> yeah. capacity is called a simp. Yeah. Like if you hold a door open, you're a simp. If you tell oh, if you tell your okay. if you tell your girlfriend she looks nice today, you're a simp. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if she's your girlfriend, by definition, you cannot be a simp. Yeah. Like <laughs> it used to be such a good word. Um yeah, but it's now, gotten ruined. It's gotten tired. Yeah, now it's been it's been overused. It was like like cringe. Like cringe used to be such a good word, and then it got overused. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, on that note, us simps. You Patreons, go you guys out. are not cringe. You guys um, aren't simps. You guys aren't simps. Of you course, we love you. Flexes. We love you, and we're giving you attention. Um, thanks for listening. Yes. Uh, see you back on the main feed. See you on the main pod. Episode. We don't even have to plug anything because if you're a Patreon, yeah. you probably already. Really, know you guys everything. are already bought in. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. We really love you.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.